Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talking with Debbie and Friends, a once-weekly podcast companion piece to our weekly cooking show, Cooking with Debbie and Friends, that we do right here in our kitchen. Right here. Every Sunday at 12 noon. I'm Travis, and my lovely, beautiful co-host, host of the show is Debbie Gutierrez. Hi, everybody. How are you? Happy almost St. Patrick's Day. Remember, tomorrow we're all Irish, and tomorrow we all get drunk. Well, not not, not all of us. Not you. Yeah, not you either. <laughs> I try to get you liquored up every now and then. I, you know, here's the thing. I was one of those people that got so drunk, so drunk, that I literally did that prayer. Please, God, if you make me better and you let me live through this, I will never drink again. Yeah, you did that. And then I didn't. Well... Well, a little bit here and there. Yeah, so you know how you your, know. your prayers change. She You're lies. like, okay, Lord, one. She lies like maybe a dog. Two. Yeah. So um we've got a couple people coming in before we start saying hello to everyone. Why don't you recap, Debbie, what we did last week on our cooking show? What are you doing? What's going on here? She's doing stuff. If you guys see she's looking down, she's doing stuff. Over I'm reminding here. everybody that that Ian's with us. Okay. Even though I did okay. it today. I just like to remind people because of the time change. Um, what did we do this week? We did a shepherd's pie because it was super easy to make. And it, we celebrated pie day because it was 314th, which is a mathematical equation for pie. And we celebrated my daughter's first anniversary. Um, yay. She got yeah. married on pie day. And five minutes later, they closed up the city. San Francisco was rolling up and getting closed. So um, anyway, that's what I was doing. Well, and shepherd's pie, and we made a lemon icebox. Oh, that's right. Pie, which yeah. is like a key lime pie. But when I said it last week, Debbie uh, almost slapped me because apparently it's not. It's not the like same. a key lime pie. It's kind of like a key lime pie. It's kind of not like a key lime okay. pie. I, I, I know we've got Diana and Bill already here. Um, you can tell us because you already had. Are you doing more down here? Sorry. Come on, lady. We started the show. You should have did this. A while ago here, let me, I'm going to play on your phone. Look what I got. Oh, that's Shh, a good one. Don't say okay. anything. It's All a right. surprise. Okay. So. I'm really excited right. about this guy that you guys have coming up. Um, we have here with us, Debbie, why don't you go ahead and do uh, an intro on him? And then I want to get him in here because this is really, really fantastic. Yeah. And he's a busy guy. So it was nice of him yeah. to volunteer to be here with us tonight. We are so excited to have with us tonight, Ian Ward. Ian Ward is a Broadway performer, singer, songwriter, actor, and musician. And uh, I've had the incredible pleasure to meet and work with him through Norwegian Cruise Lines and catch several performances of him in Footloose, where he played the lead character, Ren McCormick. He was outstanding. Yeah. Standing O's yeah, every she, night. She, she FaceTimed me from the ship telling me what an amazing guy he was. I know. I'm like, this guy's a star. Every yeah. now and then I find somebody I can count on three fingers. And I will tell you, watch this That's, person. That guy's going to be a this star. This person's going to be a star. Yeah. His most recent show before the pandemic closed things up was in the hit Broadway musical, Rock of Ages, in which he played Drew, the musician who heads to Hollywood with a suitcase, his guitar, and a dream. Yeah. And we, we, we're going to talk about Rock of Ages later because it was one of the best shows I've ever been to. And we've yeah. been to a lot of shows. And when Travis and I found out he was going to be there, of course, we bought tickets and we went and... Um, I knew kind of what to expect from Ian, mm -hmm. but I had no idea that he would just floor us the way that he did. And um, he was also in the Green Day musical, 
American Idiot. And since the pandemic, he's moved to the entertainment capital of the world, Las Vegas. He moved back because he was there mm-hmm. before. He moved back to Las Vegas and has continued to perform and make new music. Please welcome. Well, wait, before we bring him in, I want to let you guys know, because we've got a lot of people here already. We do have a lot of people. My dad, up. Diana, Bill, uh, Loretta, Paula, Suzanne, Matt Hidalgo, all of you guys that have not yet. I see the number over there is, is more than that number of people. Make sure if you if you got a comment, a question, if you just want to say something to Ian, um, put it in the comments below because we want to make sure that uh, that he has a chance to answer that. And with that, my lovely And assistant. I want to say real quick, Matt Hidalgo, he goes, I looked on all his clips. He's amazing. Yeah, Matt's a great singer. Matt's too. a wonderful, Matt sings opera and he yeah. is so excited about tonight. So can I do this now? Do you want to do it again? The mm-hmm. whole, but without further wow. ado. She actually slapped me hard. Don't you ever like touch me. It. I know, but my dad's watching. That's kind of <laughs> fucked up. Okay. Hi, Mike and Linda. Without further ado, please give a warm welcome to our good friend and amazingly talented friend, Mr. Ian Ward. Hey, guys. Hey, what's Hi, up, man? Ian, you look terrific. <laughs> oh, you guys are awesome. Thank you for that awesome intro. I was cracking up the whole time, just waiting to waiting to jump in here with you. Yeah, did you slap? Uh, did you laugh most when uh, she slapped me in the face? I had to slap myself just to make sure that actually happened. That was, Bro, was, it was that? Like a was it really loud or just loud in my head? Well, I thought that was a sound effect that you were doing over there. <laughs> so. ASMR. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No, it was real. So the first thing I want to ask you is, how are you doing during the pandemic? Are you safe? Are you healthy? How's your folks? So I am actually. I've been blessed to not have ever gotten COVID or ever feel, you know, under the weather this past, this past year has actually been the only year of my life. I feel like that I've not been sick. You know, I think just wearing the mask and, and following the social distancing helped me not get sick from anything. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was good. But my parents luckily have not been sick either. We're all vaccinated now. Me and oh, my good. folks, are, cause I've been living with them part-time and stuff. So Luckily, um, we're all vaccinated, and yeah, and I've been just kind of chucking in there. Health wise, health wise, I'm okay. I'm all good. Yeah. No, well, no when you tra- so. you travel yeah. a lot, you get sick a lot, and you used to travel a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you know, you know, Debbie from the ship. Like, I feel like my immune system is like rock solid just from living on a ship for six months at a time. They have all this circulated air and all right? that stuff. Like, yeah, we. I, I've been, you know. I, I also have a lot of health uh, tactic, like 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 uh, the steamers that you get at CVS and all these little things that singers use to keep themselves from getting sick. I've mm-hmm. been able to pick up over time just these little methods and stuff that have, that help me stay stay uh, healthy. So I'm, I'm okay mean, at the moment. But. You're right about entertainers. Um, George Carlin used to have a joke about how they swam in sewage in New Jersey, you know, because and we never got anything, you know why? Cause we swam in sewage. And um, I think the healthiest people in the whole world are old teachers. So are you comparing a ship life to. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, they say, like, all, we're getting all of our extra vaccine needles from the beaches of New Jersey. Actually, That's so, what we, that's can, the- <laughs> <laughs> we can lick doorknobs. Yeah, um, yeah. Don't do that though. Yeah. We'll talk about cruise ships. 
Um, So we met on Norwegian Cruise Lines and you were starring as Ren in the Broadway musical Footloose. And I was able to catch several of your performances. You always got an ovation. And then I met Ian when he came to see me and I was heckled. Oh so, my gosh, no, you killed. You absolutely <laughs> killed. I was I came back multiple times to your show as well. I think that we were we were each other's super fans on the on the ship. Like, we were. Your, your ads killed on that show. Oh, ship. thank so you. Good. Thank you. I just wasn't used to people that I don't know, you know, I'm used to Vegas. You know Vegas. People dress yeah. up, they know how to act. You know, I wasn't ready for these cruise people that like uh, can I put my Bring beer right here on the stage? Throwing a flip-flop yeah, at you. flip-flops, <laughs> right? And that guy that wouldn't put his phone away. And the thing that they don't realize is there's no security. Like in a comedy club in Vegas, if you're having a problem, you just go, um, can I get a club soda right here? And the bouncers know <laughs> that person's gone. On a, a cruise code. ship, code. you're on your own, right? You're on your own. And... Yeah. Um, so this guy that was giving me a, a hassle, they called the military police because that's the only security they have there. Put them on the ship's brig, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Throw them overboard. At some point, they just give up and they're like, well, we'll pick them up on the way back. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I can't people I can't I can't believe cruise ship people. I know. What? I'm not oh, biting man. the hand that feeds. They're not feeding me right now. <laughs> <laughs> There are a lot of there's a lot of stuff that goes on cruise ships that people don't know about. The second they reopen, though, these podcasts will all be very positive about cruise ships. You know, like, we'll all be like, no, no, cruise ships are great. Like, yeah, we <laughs> love cruise ships. You know, who's I love it when people throw flip flops at me. <laughs> I miss that. You know what's you know what's great is I learned um, that for especially for Footloose because they have such a good looking. Um, uh, crew, right? You guys are all really great looking. If you make friends with the girls in Footloose, they give you all the gossip because the officers <laughs> tell them. Uh, yes, yes. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The crew bar was always just the um, the dynamics between the dancers from my show and like the, and the and the officers. You know, the officers have the privileges on the ship, so they're kind of like the big the big bosses, you know, and 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 they can they can make things happen for people around there. So it's always kind of a that's always a funny dynamic to see, you know. Yeah. Have you ever met the captain of the ship? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He, you he have? came and saw Footloose. He saw Footloose a couple times and would like sit in the front row and and he would. The funniest. The funniest thing was he would always have like three beautiful crew girls with him too, just on on each side of him, like sitting in the front row, like balling out. I'm like, it was just always. It was like <laughs> it, it was like that. It and you guys like are like, uh, who's steering the ship? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in the stairwell, you know, the one that the crew has to take, and everybody stopped and stood at attention. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And so he comes down, and everybody stands at attention, and people salute him. And I just went, hey. And um, he's like, how did this Mexican get back? <laughs> <laughs> no, he looked at your credentials, probably, right? <laughs> He's like, you're not wearing the, you're not wearing the laundry outfit. Like, where, what's you, why, why is she dressed right? in normal clothes? Why is she dressed? <laughs> right? <laughs> I always get for the help. I mean, always. I, I said I'm sorry. I apologized for that a long time ago. <laughs> so, so um, that's where I met you. Was in Footloose. I thought you were absolutely amazing. Travis is right. I, I texted him, going, "I saw a star. This this mm-hmm. kid's gonna be a star." And like I said, I I don't say that about many people, but when you see it, you see it, and you know. And um, can you start uh, tell us how you got started in this business? 
Sure. Yeah. Um, I was, it's funny because like my parents knew I loved to sing at a really young age, but both of my parents are engineers. They worked for the Navy in San Diego. So I grew up in San Diego and they were like, wow, Ian seems to really love to sing from like a really young age. I would, I would entertain family members and would, you know, be singing off of our balcony at our hotel that we're staying at. And just like funny, just random stuff like that. And, and so my mom, who was an avid theater goer, but didn't really understand the ins and outs of the business was just kind of like, I'll push Ian into auditioning and I'll see, I, I was already doing karate and all the other sort of things that kids do when they're trying out everything. And, you know, they're, they're playing a competitive soccer and I, I was doing all of those things, but my mom had me audition uh, for shows in San Diego at the same time. And I ended up booking Oliver. Uh, I, I booked the role of Oliver Twist in the show Oliver at a big professional, big professional theater in San Diego. Wow. And I was only nine. I was nine years old. So at that point, I was like, holy, this, this could be a thing. You know, my parents were really impressed. And it was on the news. And, and, and I just became sort of this bigger than I expected sort of moment. You got and bit. that's what, yeah, I got bit with the, with the, I fell in love with, you know, professional theater where everything's all you have your rehearsals and you have your stage manager and your director and you got everything's all organized and so I got spoiled from early on sort of bit with this awesome you know bug and I got an agent from that and I and I just sort of things started rolling from there and and so I, I stopped doing sports and devoted most of my time to singing and singing lessons and doing theater and some tv and film stuff around like in LA and um and then I, I kind of was just a normal kid for a while in in high school. I was just sort of, you know, in rock bands and played. I, I skated and I surfed and I just kind of did my normal kid thing for high school years. But then when I graduated, I got into University of Miami and I went to University of Miami for their BFA program. And so Why I was there you? for a year. But yeah, I was there for a year for their musical theater program. And, oh, okay. Uh, ended up getting into, I transferred from there to Berkeley College of Music. And that's because I realized I had, at that point I had already been on, I had been at Radio City Christmas Spectacular. I had done a lot of professional theater at that point. And so I realized, you know, I want to kind of learn stuff in the other realm of entertainment world. I want to learn how to write good songs. I want to learn how to produce my own music. I want to learn how to, you know, market myself as a musician and, the ins and outs of how to make money in the music business because I was already I was already represented in doing professional theater so I, I wanted to branch out a little bit so then that's what's taken me up to um, moving to Las Vegas and I did a show in Las Vegas called Baz and that's where I met a lot of awesome people and then after that I went to Broadway and I, I was in a Broadway show and you know it's just the past five years have just been nonstop studying at Berkeley online but then also just doing musical theater here and there and some TV stuff and. The pandemic just sort of, as as with everyone, just completely, like just put the hammer down on the on the momentum I had going there. But, um, you know, I feel like it's for a reason. I've had time to reflect this past year, and I'm ready to get back at it, just like everyone else. Get back at it once things pick up again. So, well, you're so that, you're a you're a songwriter though too. So I bet you probably used the past year to to probably ref reflect or, like, how yeah. much did you create in this past year? Well, that's, an, that's a good, you know, cause it's like, I wish that I created more, but the first, the first half of this past year, cause we're about at a year, right? We're about at a year today. Yeah. Year when, Saturday. When stuff really shut down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the first six months of that, I was just in complete shock for the most part about everything that had happened. And also my friend 
from Rock of Ages, Nick, who for the first three months of that year was just in going in and out. I just didn't, I was not fulfilled. I wasn't filled up enough with life to really feel like I could create anything of positivity. Mm. And, and I don't, and a lot of times, like some, some artists come from a place of hurt and they can create from pain and stuff like that. But, you know, I like to, I usually end up creating more when my cup's filled all the way up. And so for the first six months, I was just in sort of a cyclical routine, like depression, you know, just like, kind of like, oh man, I thought things were going so well. And will they come? I just kind of kept feeling like, oh, will it come back? Will it come back? And it just never did sort of mm -hmm. thing. And so I never really got into the full creative swing of things. And then losing Nick and sort of getting a bigger perspective on things, I was able to focus my efforts back on creating a, a, a calendar that I could stick, a creative habit that I could stick to and start writing mm -hmm. again. And it's, yeah, it's been a journey this past year for sure for everyone has just been a total roller coaster. Gosh, it, it was yeah. so, you know, and, and I feel like you're so young and to have these lessons of life that are so harsh to be dropped on you at this time that you were shooting, you were a shooting star. When we went to see you in Rock of Ages and you mentioned Nick, we have a, I think we have a yeah, photo so here. I'll, I'll show the, the photo of Nick with Amanda and, and their daughter, their daughter. Um, you guys Her may son, remember yeah, this son. I'm sorry. Um, no, you're okay. Okay. yeah, this, this, um, this is the guy that was in the news about uh, this time last year, mm -hmm. right? And um, and it was uh, that was a, a loss for you because he played this guy directly <laughs> beside you. So that's his character in Rock of Ages, mm -hmm. Nick Cordero. And I think that's the first time any of us knew somebody with COVID, because. Yeah you know, we all, so many people were familiar with his work and then we were so blessed to be able to see his performance with you. Mm -hmm. And you both gave a tremendous performance at the bourbon room here in LA in rock of ages. And you could tell that cast was just tight and mm -hmm. look at that. Aren't they, aren't they beautiful? <laughs> it was such an amazing show. And here, here's, uh, Here's our friend Ian Ward right there. There he is. But that cast was just phenomenal. The entire thing, what I wasn't expecting was how interactive in the audience. Debbie kind of filled me in, but you're sitting there and you don't realize the entire the entire room, the entire theater, everything. They're everywhere. And you feel like you are literally part of this, mm -hmm. this amazing show that's happening. But dude, you blew the roof off of that bourbon room. You were amazing. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Guys. Well, yeah, no, that was the goal. The goal from the beginning was to create a space that the visitors to that space, the, the, the customers or the, the patrons of, of the show would just feel right when they walked in the door that they were transported into a, a nostalgia filled atmosphere from, from the eighties. You know, that was always mm -hmm. the goal was just, and, and I think that the producers, Matt Weaver and Scott Price, I think they did a great job of, just creating a venue that 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 cohesively worked with the show that they were doing too, and I mean that that's not a that's not I guess a revolutionary idea, but I think they just they executed it so well that it just melded. I, I felt I felt even as a performer after the show, walking out of the space, feeling like oh it hasn't ended. The energy of like mm -hmm. of what people just saw has transferred over into the out into the bar into the street, and so people yeah. took home they got to take home a piece of 
a, a piece of a rock, a piece of rock history, you know? And, and so it felt very immersive and it felt very sort of crossing the boundaries of what is theater and what is more just sort of inviting people into a, into a, uh, an experience, an you experience. know, well, and yeah. the yeah. band was amazing band too. They got a live amazing. band there yeah. and, and here, here's a, here's a photo of you performing. Uh, yep. here's, this is one of my, I, I love. <laughs> how, I love that and, energy. Yeah. And if you're in the audience, this is about how close they get to you. You're, there wasn't a bad seat. No. I mean, because they no. would go into the audience. And what I thought that created too, is that created community with just your table. So if you're at a four top or a six top, you don't even know these people. And all of a sudden you're all singing and dancing yeah. at the same yeah. time. And yeah. but what a, a life affirming experience for you. And, and, you know, oh, yeah. your star was going up and. Well, it's, amazing. Um, it's amazing to think about COVID. It's amazing to think about COVID at, at, at that time was, was, a, it was happening. It was spreading and stuff, but in America, we had no idea. And so we were doing things in that room that now looking back on it, it just seems like an alternate reality or an alternate universe. It, yeah. like I, I, would, I would take someone's beer off of their, off of their table and take a sip out of it and give them a wink and give it back to them and stuff like that. And like, <laughs> wow. We were just, you know, dancing, stealing people's fries and just like things that were fun and, and immersive and like, wrap people up into the into the reality of the show but but nowadays would just would just make people freak out you know like yeah. but at the time it wasn't even a thing to think about you know yeah yeah so can i ask you and if at any point you don't want to talk about it but how did your brotherhood with nick affect you did he leave you with some um life lessons i think anybody who watched his journey took away this lesson of protecting your family, being with family, um, caring for the person that you love, reaching out to people for help. I mean, there was so much to be learned from his uh, illness and passing. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely for like, for people that got to follow along with Amanda's journey and with his journey during from, from when he got sick to when he passed, I can totally see their, their, growth and are their, their, their um lessons being learned from that you know but for me it was more i learned more lessons from just being his friend than from mm -hmm. than from watching watching him go you know what like, you learn from him Ian? just one of the best times i had with him was after the show me and him would always you know get changed out of our costumes and then we'd go out into the alley right behind the the dressing rooms and just talk about how we thought the show went or you know how the audience reacted and and one night i remember during previews before we opened it was me and him just drinking a beer or something talking and he and he goes you know ian this show and most shows are really about creating a world that you own and that you invite the audience in but you don't have to you don't have to push, you don't have to project your world into their world. You don't have to make them feel like your world is now being pushed onto them. You want to invite them to feel like they're a part of your thing and be feel like they're a part of something that you and your cast has created rather than feel like you're putting on a show for the, for the audience. And, I, and, and that always stuck with me as just a different way of thinking about performing. You know, it's, it's, it's less about look at me and look at we've made. And it's more about come and join me and come and be a part of what I've worked on and what I've created instead of, you know, being 
exhibitionists about it, rather be more intimate with the cast and with the company and what you guys have worked on and say, look, audience, here's what we've made. And if you want to come join us, then you're invited into our, into our, into our world, into our party. And I, I just, I just love that, that, yeah. that morsel. And I feel like you can take that into life too. It's like, be the person that you want to be and the people that, the people that are right for your life will, will feel invited and they'll feel, they'll feel welcomed. Whereas mm -hmm. you don't need to, you don't need to prove yourself to other people and say, come on, you really love this. You'll love this person that I've created. You know what I mean? It's like, no, 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 just, I am the person I've created and you guys come to me. I feel like, and I just think that was just a cool, he, that, that was the kind of guy Nick was, was he was a, a guy that had so much confidence and trust in himself and in the person that he was, that he didn't need to win anyone over. You know, people just were attracted to him because he was such a real person, such a, just a mm -hmm. genuine guy. And so, yeah, that was definitely one of those memories that shoots out in my mind about him. What a blessing to be able to experience that with someone like him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Such a great guy. Such a bigger than life person, just, you know, physically and, and, mm -hmm. and talent, talent wise, but also just, you know, a genuine person that when you met, when you knew him, you're like, I know this person special. And now looking back on it after everything that happened to him, it just totally makes more sense. Like, yeah, that guy was very special. He was like an mm -hmm. angel in our, in our cast, you know? <laughs> so it's very, it's a very strange thing to see him on the front of, you know, people magazine and to see, see someone that you're, to see one of your friends just sort of become a martyr somewhat for a, a massive global problem. It's just a very, it's, it's just a weird turn of events that no one yeah no one could have no one could have expected that you know well even as it started to hit home close to us where we had friends that were getting sick and then we saw him having that have was our last date night together and having the connection to rock of ages through you and experiencing that knowing that you were friends it really felt like it hit very close to home and it was yeah. surreal to see it on the news. You're like, wow, I, I just saw that guy performing. Full of life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. yep. So it was surreal. It was surreal to see this guy that we had just seen <laughs> and and then to see this photo with uh, a message that we'd lost him. His family's so beautiful. And and I love the way that the cast surrounded the family and supported them and started GoFundMes and Oh yeah. Okay. The whole community hmm. came, the whole Broadway community was yeah. so, I've never seen so much cohesiveness in, in this entertainment industry. Like uh, the entertainment industry can be kind of cutthroat, you know what I mean? Like it can be sort of a competitive backstabbing industry in some regards, but in that regard, when we lost someone that everyone could agree was just a, a light in, in our world, it was, it was very powerful to see just how mm -hmm. many, how many people and came out of the woodwork for that. Right. And not just an entertainer, but he was also the face of a young father and a young married. And yep. it, it just proved to us that COVID has absolutely no discretion who it's going to attack. Yeah. And I just think that his passing made us all stop, pause, think, and do the best we could to protect our family. And we are yep. so sorry for your loss. I know that. Oh, uh, thank you. Like I said, you're just so young. And all I could think of on Travis, I'm like, oh, yeah. poor Ian, he's so young to have to go through these tough life lessons. Yeah, it, so. was, it was it was a tough one. Um, 
I still feel I still feel that he's you know his his spirit is still one hundred percent with me. And I know that sounds cheesy, but no, I'll, no. Be, I'll pick up my guitar and be writing something, and I'll, I'll just picture him saying, "Just write as many songs as you can," because he wrote he wrote a lot of great songs, and he never got the chance to release them, you know, or or got the chance to fully manifest what he wanted. Because me and him would have co- late night conversations about, you know, he wanted to start a record label and wanted to sign me and produce my stuff and we always would have these like kind of dream talks about what we could do with our our songs and our voices and and you know just i can hear him basically being like don't don't waste time and also don't be afraid to just do it and just release it and life's too short just live your life don't don't stop overthinking it and just do it you know and and is that what made you pick up and leave LA and go to Vegas because you thought maybe that could be a way to start making music or well when when Rock of Ages when when everything happened and around this time last year it felt like there was just a vacuum in Hollywood like it felt like just everything the the whole the whole reason I was there just sort of got swept out from underneath me, you know, and the industry, like the people's doors were closing and I was paying for a, a studio that I could no longer really afford. And so it just kind of, everything happened so quickly where I was, I need to go home back to San Diego and hit the reset button and just sort of just figure some stuff out. And just the, the kismet of everything ended up being that the assistant director of Rock of Ages, his name's Eric Jordan Young. And he's one of my biggest confidants in this industry and he's just been always there for he's the reason I did Footloose on the cruise ship he's just been there every step of the way for me and he introduced me to these guys in Vegas who opened up a supper club called the Vegas Room and they were looking for entertainers they were looking for guitarists singers people from Broadway stuff they're just looking for people to entertain their customers and that's where I got wrapped back into Vegas and I when and I when, realized when was that that was in about June June or Ju- late June, early July of of last year. Okay, and so you're no stranger to Vegas, right? You've performed in, and lived in Vegas before. Yeah, and I've got a good I've got a good group out here of people that I can work with or that I could ask I could call upon, like band members and the guy who produced my my latest song, uh, True Love. He lives out like I love a lot of the artists and musicians that live out here, and so it felt totally normal for me to to come back out to Vegas yeah. and work with you gotta have Ruby, community. Ruby and yeah, I needed community. I needed, I needed a space to be able to play and perform and Vegas just ended up being the godsend for this, for this year, you know? Well, it makes so, sense yeah. for you for sure, because of everything that you do, you're, you're, you're a singer, you're a performer, you're a dancer. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity for a guy like you in Vegas. So that totally makes yeah. sense. And you know, I've been I've been playing Vegas for like twenty six years, and you yeah. are hard pressed to go find just some a singer, you know, just just a supper club singer. That's all you want. You just want to go and you want to hear some music and and just enjoy the Vegas nightlife. And it's kind of been taken over with these big shows with explosions mm-hmm. and what have you. So I think the only place you can really go is maybe the Cosmos to Rose Rabbit Live. Yeah, to to see yeah. a, you know singer. But even that's a production. And Vegas used to be completely peppered with these really beautiful places that you can go and have cocktail and listen to music and musicians. listen to musicians. Well, you know what, Debbie, and, but it's coming back. It's coming yeah, back because the, of the you, pandemic. You know, like. Right. 
the clubs, those nightclubs where you would stand in line and spend a hundred dollars to get in to watch a guy on his laptop, like those places all had to close down when, when COVID hit. And so now those places that you're talking about that, that nurture, you know, singers and, and, and small acts like that, they really did well this year because the locals, this place, the tourists all left and the locals wanted some, some classic entertainment. And so yeah. these little supper clubs started popping up and that's where I've been playing. That's exactly like exactly what you're saying. That's terrific because that is Vegas. I don't, you know, I get it that you're saying that it's because of COVID, but you're too young to remember that was Vegas. That was yeah. exactly what Vegas was. And people that played the strip, they would all, you know, we'd clock out at midnight and go find a supper club to go and just have a cocktail and listen to some music. And it was a big part of Vegas and, but it wasn't a big money draw. Like, you know, the guy yeah. on the laptop that throws a whole entire sheet cake into the audience. Well, that, but that's, <laughs> but that's why it makes sense that the locals would bring that back because that's what the people want, mm -hmm. not just the tourists. But yeah. you said something a minute ago about true love. Now this is a, this is a, um, a single that you've got. And I put up on the screen for those of you listening on Spotify later, Ian Ward, outward.com it's also available on apple on spotify and soundcloud um this is the this is one of your originals is that right yes yes this is an original i wrote um actually i wrote this song when i was on the ship when i was on the cruise ship uh for footless i was that was one of my questions yeah, because you have yeah. all this time on a cruise ship and everybody goes, oh, I wrote my novel. Oh, I wrote 6,000 more jokes. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I just yeah. kept praying we wouldn't sink. That's she how would, I spent she all my time. And then she would yeah. read Danielle Steele. Yeah, I read Trash and <laughs> but, but you were living on ship for a while. So you wrote this while you lived on ship? I wrote snippets of it. Like I, I would... I wrote a lot of songs on guitar when I was on the ship because I had brought my acoustic with me it's just, and I would have my castmates come into the cabin and we would just sit around and I'd play some chords and people would throw out lyric ideas and just think like, you know, melody ideas. So we, we would definitely, I wrote a lot of songs sitting just in the middle of the ocean on a cruise ship. Like, like yeah, it's a good spot. It's, it's honestly a great spot because you're, you get to a point where you're like, I feel comfortable here, but my mind is somewhere else. I, I'm yearning to be back home. I mean, there's a, it's just, you're kind of in a good place to write a song when you're just sitting on a cruise ship, you know? Oh, I'll bet. And it's a beautifully written and beautifully produced song. When I listened to it, um, I listened to it all the way through. I just, I never felt like I was listening to a friend's song. I was thinking, God, this sounds so beautiful and, and professional and amazing. So Thank I'm you. really looking forward to more from you. Um, you know, we were watching an interview with Gwen Stefani. Was it Kimmel last night? Mm -hmm. And and she was talking about producing an album. And she said, "You don't have to do that anymore. I could, if I want to write a song and put it out there, I I do. I just write it and have, it's out there." So it's a really interesting time for guys like you who may not have millions of dollars from these big record labels behind you, but you can produce some really high quality music and like that get it out to the people. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, you know, an unprecedented time as far as ease of access to making a great record and to, to, to releasing a great record. And so that, that has created opportunities for so many people to just 
write a great song and record it at home and put it on the internet so anyone can find it. But it also has created new obstacles. Whereas back in the day, you would play shows like I'm doing right now. You would play gigs and then some record label guy would be in the back of their house and he would love your voice and he would sign you on. And next thing you know, you're pushed to millions of homes across America. Nowadays, it's it's on you to make, it's, it's on <clears throat> now since the ease of access has become to everyone, it's sort of an oversaturated market yeah. where everyone is trying to fish for the top. I'm not saying that, I mean, I'm not saying that in, in a negative way. I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's created its own new new obstacles where it's now I'm, I can I, I need to release more things more frequently and that's what I'm trying to work on now is just doing creating a product like with true love creating a really professional product and doing it more frequently and quickly and getting it out there so more people have more things to listen to you yeah. know well that's the key um, once you start putting stuff out there and you get people used to coming back for more they're gonna expect more so yeah you're gonna have to turn it out. But a good way to do that is just sandbag some stuff. So have some stuff and schedule yeah. it for later. And yeah. that way you can keep working because I know as an artist, you can't just continuously churn it out for the sake of the commerciality of it. It's, yep. An, yep. it's an artistic creative thing and you, you really can't rush that kind of stuff. So it is important to do it in a way that also feeds who you are and that it's genuine and it's something that your audience wants to connect with. That's so true. Yeah, you got to make it like that's what I was saying earlier. When I create the when I'm creating at my fullest is when I made it a habit. So I'm like, okay, every day at 4pm, I'm going to sit down with my guitar and a notepad and I'm going to write for an hour. And that's when I force when I force myself to do it, whether I have some lightning bolt of inspiration or not. I'm there with my ass in the chair working, you know, and so then that's when the best ideas come not not when I'm just hoping and sitting around hoping that something will will spark me to, to begin. I just mm -hmm. start. I just start with stuff that I know works, and then usually something will, will come. And that's that's what I found has been. Well, best. my best ideas usually come when I'm supposed to be doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Ian, you're you're a rarity in that um, there's just a handful of entertainers who took this time to recreate, to gather their thoughts, recreate, figure out what they're going to do next, rebrand themselves, work on new music. And our friend, um, uh, Eddie. Oh yeah. Uh, what's his Conover. last name? Eddie Conover over at, uh, Brad Garrett's club. Um, he posted something on Instagram. He's a rapper down there. So I've gone to see rap oh, concerts nice. down in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and he and his brothers, everyone, they're all like six foot twelve, and here's three foot Debbie in there, and they're moshing and and stuff, and so she's like floating towards the pit, and they're like, no, come back, come back to us. <laughs> yeah, you can find any kind of music in Vegas, yeah. which is lovely. But tell them what Eddie said on Instagram. Yeah, so I'm going to paraphrase because uh, it was a long time ago, um, maybe a couple or a few months ago. But he said, if you if you didn't find your hustle in 2020, then you didn't have it in you. And right. for, for artists like us, like you, like so many others, or even just people that wanted to find their own personal groove, 2020 gave a lot of people that opportunity. So while there was a lot of, of bad that happened and a lot of loss 
and a lot of um, isolation and, and stuff, it, it was also a time to reflect inward, find out who you are, and then for a lot of us, just get to work and get mm -hmm. some new stuff done. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did. Like you had this yeah. grief and this sorrow and you visited and you stayed with it and you took your lessons from it and then you just got on your hustle. Let it flow, and let it flow inward and then let it flow outward. You know, that's, that's what you, uh, that's what we, that's all we can do. It's, yeah. it's you can't, um, I, I, we're just a channel. It's just like a channel that you have to let open. And, and I, I, that's why what I was saying earlier, the first six months of the pandemic, I was closed. I was really closed. I was just not feeling like an open channel at all. You know what I mean? Totally and understandable. Just, if you force it. Yeah. And if you force it, you, nothing, I, I don't think anything truly transcendent or, or beneficial to others will really come out of it. If you're coming from a, just a closed heart or a closed place, you know? Yeah. That's so, very, that's very true. But don't you think we all have to be in that closed space at some time when we're just not ready to, to move out? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and you gotta be able to accept that that's where you're at and not try to force because of society saying you got to work harder. You got to hustle more. And it's like, you know, a lot of, a lot of artists struggle with that where it's like, I just don't feel right. I don't feel like I am at a place where I want to create something right now. And the society is saying, no, you have to create, you have to create. And it's like, well, maybe just accept that that's where you're at at that moment. And if creating helps you work through that, then that's good. But if not, then find something else. For me, it's nature. I love just getting outdoors and, you know, hiking or snowboarding or surfing. Or like, if I get out in nature, that usually is a good reset reset for me and will put me back into my into my equilibrium where now I'm like, okay, I've got the energy that I can let things flow outward now. So you, know? you need that stillness to, so that you can reflect and, and then you can come back into it. I feel the same way. Um, I started roller skating in December. Nice. And I know it sounds, it sounds funny because if you look at me, I don't look like the kind of guy that should be roller skating, <laughs> but, but there's a quiet and there's just this, um, there are beautiful trails back here. Uh, don't go back there at night because you'll be murdered, but there are trails <laughs> and, and they're beautiful. And there's just this stillness and it's just you and your heartbeat and your breath. And it's yep. in those moments that I find the most amount of peace. So when you're talking about hiking and connecting with, uh, with wildlife and that, I've seen your posts where you're hiking and it's, you go to some beautiful places. That's where you get filled up so that mm -hmm. you can come back at it with more authenticity. Yeah. I also think that agents and managers, I know it's their job to get you out there, but I think their voices can really confuse you mm -hmm. at times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I forget. Sometimes it's like, I forget who who's working for who, you know, and in a lot of those situations, it's like, you know, and I know so many young actors that struggle with that. They're like, Oh, I just don't feel like I can talk to my agent about something that's really bothering me. And, and mm -hmm. I just, I just think, I get where they're coming from because I've been there too. Um, and I love my agents. I've been, I've been with them for so long at this point and we have a lot of honesty and, and communication, but I mean, the agents do, they work for the talent. It's like their, their, their job is to get the talent lined up with the best opportunities to, to express themselves and to turn a profit. And so, you know, I've, I've tried to in this past year be like, this is what I'm interested in doing. I'm not going to just take anything that comes across be just because everything's dead right now. You know, I'm not going to put my energy into something that is not, first of all, going to 
fully, you know, feel like it's going to come back to me in a real way. And also it's going to take me away from something that I want to focus on entrepreneurially in my own, in my own sector, you know? So mm-hmm. your agents can try to send you things like this is perfect for you, or this would be great for you. And if it doesn't resonate, I just sometimes just don't take it. I'm just like, eh, yeah, don't really, you know, it, it won't, it won't help me and it won't help my agents and it won't help the casting directors and it won't help. It won't help anyone if you aren't feeling it, you know what I right. mean? Yeah. Yeah. My agent used to give me small Asian man. Yeah. Go for it. (laughs) They might change their mind. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, you could, you could, you could sway them. I mean, so tell us what you're, (laughs) it's hilarious now. It wasn't uh, tragedy plus time equals comedy. Yeah. Yeah, totally. (laughs) totally so you what are you doing now you have um you have a side group or that community you're talking about what are you doing out there man so i've got some exciting things going on i've created a group called ward and mave with uh ruby lewis who's a stage broadway performer awesome talent yeah there we are beautiful photo shoot we did recently and it looks like an album um, cover i know it might be it might be in the future so you gotta keep uh keep following along because we've been lucky enough to just perform at a lot of those places I was mentioning around here in Vegas, like the Vegas room, the notoriety club. Ruby had a show at the space. Ruby's here with me. Actually. She could even, she could even come. We would love to see Ruby if she hi. wants to come on. Yeah, come you on. Come you never just Friday? put a woman on. You have to ask. First. I know. No, yeah. And she, maybe you want to sit here. Yeah. Make sure she's well lit. Yep. There she is. Hi, hey, Ruby. Ruby. Hi. I can't hear any Oh, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Let me give her one of the <laughs> – she can't hear you guys yet. Oh, you have a – well, see, we couldn't tell because you have the uh, hair covering. Yeah, there see, you we're are. fancy. We're fancy. Wow. So, Thank you, um, Junior. Welcome Hi. to the show. We are such fans of Ian. Yeah. We just adore him. He's um... – Wait, hold on, guys. Sorry. Just give us one second here. So probably when yeah. they put the AirPods in, you can hear connected. Oh, she's good. She's good. Hello, hello, hello. Hey there. There you go. So um, that that picture looks like an album cover, and then Ian said it very well could be. So what do we, <laughs> um, what do we have to look forward to? Yeah, I think Ian and I have. Well, we realized well three years ago that we, you know meshed as people but then we started realizing that we actually um meshed really well vocally so we started kind of messing around with um just harmonies and sounds and i you know i have got i i'm from i draw a lot of inspiration from country music and the civil wars are one of my favorite duos and then we've you know leaned into this kind of fleetwood mac buckingham mix thing and so we're trying to do a combination of cover songs and then trying to figure out what our original sound would be. And but like we're picking up some cool new things. Like I've I've picked up the harmonica. Like we're just trying to like expand our horizons. So I picked up the harmonica recently, and I've started to learn how to play the harmonica. And then nice. she started playing the drums. Like she picked up like a little uh, a little like the you know the, I'm playing the bucket. she's playing the bucket yeah. like the street for like the street performance. Okay. Oh been, yeah. <laughs> It's a really cool. Get a cajon, really- Ruby. Get a cajon. Yeah. You can just sit there and. Just a few days ago, I really want one. Nice. Hey, it, it I actually, 
I actually have a clip of you two. Do you mind if I play it? No, please. Yeah, please. I, because I want the audience to see what you guys are are all about, and I found this, and I was just like, "Wow! I I, I need I need other people to hear this. It's so, so amazing." Hang on one second. You guys are ready. You guys are ready for that one. You guys are awesome. Beautiful harmonies. Just beautiful. We have what was it like when you found out that the the person that you were so in love with, you could actually jive with, you know, in music? Yeah, that's rare. It was great. It was great. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, like we, we started, you know, um, we had a we had we had a little bit of experience. Obviously, we've been in musicals together and 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 big productions with big production value and everything. But it's a little bit nerve wracking when it when you're taking your you're stripping everything down and you're putting it into an intimate room in front of fifty people. It's a whole different experience. Yeah. And so for even even for seasoned performers like Ruby and I, it can be sort of a, a nerve-wracking experience like oh my gosh it's just going to be me on the guitar and just us vocals like no drums no bass no and and the audience absolutely ate it up they loved it and so that that was a big confidence booster for both of us to be like oh well, we can produce our own shows we can create our own vibe and our own stories like we even we even have like little stories that we interlay in our in our shows and sort of create it like she'll play like a witchy sort of you know seductress and then i'll play Siren. i'll play like a cowboy rolling in from town like just like you know we, we, it's easier for me to play a character when i'm doing solo show type stuff or or you know my own music because i'm just used to hiding behind the character i don't mm -hmm. like to be me i mean I, I like to be me but i don't like to really be me in performance i prefer to be a grandiose entity so that's why yeah. i wanted mave you know like mave is definitely an alter ego of mine so that's why we built it that way, so that it could also be theatrical. I think it's, um, to me, it's very important now to make sure that there's a really beautiful theatricality to everything that we create to where it's not just, you know, it's not predictable. It's not just humdrum well, it, TikTok stuff. It definitely <laughs> works what you guys are doing, um, the, the videos that I saw. And there was another one where you're sitting on the grass in some beautiful place somewhere. Everything that you guys do together I want to see more. So whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Yes, tell stories. And, and when you guys book something in Vegas, once everything starts to open up again. No, they're working bit, now. Well, once it opens up for us to travel, I, I'm not going out there right now. Girl. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll throw still. in something here that we're going we're gonna to try to, um, here at Ruby's house in Vegas, she's got a, a studio in her garage that we've set up with pianos and drums and guitars and harmonicas and just a saxophone player and awesome like we're going to start doing Facebook live streams from our Facebook pages nice. and 
it'll be free. It'll be completely free. We just want to create a little community online. People can come donate if they would wish, or just put it on their big screen and drink a beer with us and hang out. Like, well, we're going to just do sort of really laid back sets of just you playing some play originals. I'll play harmonica. Yeah. It'll be jam sessions that people can, can feel like they're a part of with us, fun. you know, and, 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 and join in on the fun. So we're yeah. going to start doing that in the next couple of weeks and you'll see us market a market. Of, well, you'll, you'll see us post about it on online and, and push some marketing out there for it so that. And we'll more share people. your posts because we um, are, are the people that listen to us. They're so amazing. They go visit other people's shows if we talk about it. So we had um, Sandra and Connie in the heart of Texas and they would do a karaoke show. We have uh, a new guy, Matt Hildago, who he who's does watching, who's right watching now. and he, he does, does everything yeah, hey, from Matt. Broadway song to, to, um, to pop, to opera. And so, you know, because people love these kind of interactive shows, they, they love it. Well, let me just tell you guys, I've got it on the screen. So um, we do send this, the audio of this show out to Spotify after. So if you're listening to this on Spotify uh, or wherever you get your podcasts in the description of this particular episode, you will find the links to um, Ian's website, his Instagram, Facebook, which is where he's going to be doing his Facebook lives with uh, Maeve and the other uh, Ruby and um, the other musicians. And then there's also a link to his YouTube and Spotify. Please, you guys, everyone that's watching right now and listening, go, it's on the screen, go to him, click the link in the description, follow, click like, support him because um, what he and his friends are doing out there in Vegas is so necessary. Mm -hmm. And we just want to keep pushing people to uh to support because um listen this is what this is how community is started and this is how we get back to some normalcy so mm -hmm. um fo follow him on ianwardoutward.com facebook.com forward slash ianwardoutward um and instagram the same and then click the links and you guys follow him please so besides Thanks, the vegas guys. room where of course and besides the vegas room where else can we see you so yeah, so basically the Vegas room has been where it's been at. That's that's been I, I'm I'm hoping that they're gonna open a new venue down the street that's gonna be able to hold a five-piece band on stage and it's like a 250 seat capacity venue. And so when they open up the Nevada room, you'll I'm gonna try to get a band together and do some shows in there. Um and then I don't know, there's been articles that have come out about Rock of Ages reopening this this fall or this winter in Vegas. So you know, there's a lot of exciting things. The light at the the light is at the end of the tunnel and it's growing brighter every day. So you can find me on my Instagram. I'm gonna be posting new music coming up in the next couple months, hopefully a package of songs. Ruby and I will be performing online for free for anyone who wants to join. And uh, or or here in Las Vegas, you can catch me here in Las Vegas. I also really want to do a live streamed performance with the Rock of Ages band at the Bourbon Room venue. And so I'm in talks with the producers there of going back home to the old venue and doing a show with the old band there and trying to raise some money so for, for COVID victims. Band. And yeah, so that that would be that'd be really fun. People are writing Las Vegas needs this. Yeah, Paula. Yeah. Paula Gelman uh, lives in Las Vegas. She lives in Vegas, and and a few of our other listeners they they regularly attend Vegas shows and they go out there to to blossom steam to get yeah, some well, normalcy again. Anyone listening that lives here in Las Vegas, please go to thevegasroom.com. Uh, check out my website ianwardoutward.com. You can go to rubylewis.com, and you'll see. You know, we're 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 doing a lot of stuff around town and. 
a lot of great musicians are doing great things already. Things are already starting to open up again. So come on out and say hi to us and we'd love to meet you and we'd love to entertain you and have a good night. So, you know, if you can find out more info on those websites, for sure, we'd love to see you out here in Vegas. This is exactly what Las Vegas needs. It yeah. really is. Do you do either one of you have any advice for performers who are at this stage during COVID and they need some encouragement um, about moving forward? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that um, mostly draw your inspiration from those who have supported you through the years, your your friends and your family. And for me, I mean, that's what really keeps me going. I have um, a niece and, you know, the godson. And for me, it's just, it's about the youth. And unfortunately, I get a little bit negative about the media and the youth these days. I, I, um, I was fortunate to not have the internet until I was like in the sixth grade. So I, I wasn't horribly inundated with like a lot of this crap <laughs> that a mm -hmm. lot of these kids that, you know, they have these really false uh, perceptions about what it takes to to be famous and like what what you need to do to to make it and I I don't know I, it just feels very muddy and um, it doesn't feel like anyone's really driving that ship so I think for now the best way to drive your ship is to stay humble and stay down to earth stay grounded and the best way to do that is to surround yourself with your friends and your family and those things that inspire you. And so I just feel like it's all about self-care now as an artist. I mean, I try to just surround myself with things that I think are beautiful. It's just all about, it's all about me. But then in that way, it's all about everybody else. No, very, very, very well put. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I would and just say practice. I would just say practice, practice, practice. Just keep, keep practicing your craft. And, you know, like I said earlier, writing every day or, or whatever your, whatever your, thing is if you love to film like we were doing this thing yesterday a couple days ago we were helping our friend film her music video and so i picked up the, the 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 camera and i was getting into the cinematography and the lighting and just certain you know there's 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 so many things that you can learn that you know just no time just by doing them but also just by being curious about the art of cinematography and not or the not art. Judging yourself. Yeah, just just have like, fun with things. I can't do that. Yeah. You know. It, it, so just I, pick I up a book. Pick up a say. book about whatever you want to learn and just practice. Yeah. But you just practice stuff. Like that's that's. I've been lucky enough at Berkeley to learn so many awesome things, and and you know you can you can spend your whole life just getting better at photography or at cinematography and you would never master it. You know what I mean? Like there's just too many things out there to try to master to ever be bored during, even during a pandemic. Like if you want to be, you want to better yourself then you can do it. You really can. It just takes the, takes the passion and the, and the drive to, to try it, try it out, you know? So wise. Yeah. Very yeah. wise. I mean, it can never, sometimes it can feel like, sometimes it can feel like, you're at the, you know, you feel, feel like you'll never make it. You'll never reach it. And some people, you know, because of circumstances, they never might make whatever society says they should make. And they might never become what society says is a successful artist, you know, but at least they had the passion and the curiosity. And at least they actually took a step forward. That's more than 95% of people can even say. Right. So yeah. you are, an, you're an artist. If you take that first step, you are now a, an artist and you can, be proud of yourself for that. It doesn't mean you have to be the biggest, most famous person in the world, you know? 
I think it's better just to make that first step and to be to show that you're interested in something like. Well, if I can propose so I, something here, I, I feel like your live streams need to have Ian's inspirational moments, <laughs> <laughs> where, where you share stuff like that to encourage. Because you're absolutely right. We need to encourage people to stop being consumed by this thing and be consumed by by art and by the magic of of learning. And so you're absolutely right. Both of you to both of your points that you've made, I think very well said. And, and like Debbie said, really wise for you to say. Yeah. Well, oh, thanks guys. Well, thank you yeah. for giving us the platform to, you know, talk with you guys about things that, I mean, oh. it's so great. It's so great to express yourself and it feels good to talk about this kind of stuff, you know, to have good convos about this, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're honored to have you guys. And um, I think you were going to play some, live music yeah are you, hey are you down are we gonna do if the calendar play a, clip, play a clip of um if you have a clip you play a clip of my song true love and i'll put i'll get my guitar on and everything and i'll get ready to play a, a we new do song. Gonna, have a clip i'm gonna play a sneak peek of a song that i'll be releasing in a couple of months and i want you guys to play the song that's already out there so that people can can get, can get excited about that one and go listen to it if they'd like i'm just gonna watch them and i'll okay yeah. okay We're going to give them a taste and you give me a thumbs up when you're ready to go. So here's a taste of True Love by Ian Ward.
sounds even better with these headphones on man oh my god that's so fantastic you are amazing you're amazing your, your vocal range on that too and just the the how smooth it was as soon as you start singing i'm like ooh, come on oh, yeah thank you guys and thanks for all <laughs> the comments i see i see everyone in the captions saying that they love the song thank yeah. you guys so much that means a lot i really love appreciate true love that. Yeah. yeah so so tell us what you're going to do, and then we're going to mute our mic so we That's can just hit. listen to you. Okay, yeah. So this is a song I wrote. It's called Spend All My Time. And um, I'm going to be recording this one, actually, with the same producer that recorded True Love. I'm going to be recording this one and with him. Uh, and I hope to be releasing this one in May. So I've got a collection of songs, this being one of them. It's about five love songs that I've written that I'm going to be recording and producing and, and releasing to the public. And so I'm excited to play this one for you guys. Not many people have actually heard this one. So this we're is fun. excited to hear excited. it too, man. All right, here we go. This is spend all my time. all my time it's all i've got to give two nickels one time a common narrative but i promise every morning that'll make your every day i live by what i stand by and it's you here next to me and you don't know the way you make me feel, oh, I want to show the truth, my love is real, oh, and we could go, oh, anywhere you want to be, darling, if you spent a little time on me. Mm -hmm. 
Can't fit the couch to the door, but we don't need a frame. Can't fit the bed on the floor. Oh, but that's a goddamn shame. Oh, cause I promise every morning that'll make your every day, baby. I live by what I stand by. And it's you here next to me, cause you don't know. Way you make me feel oh, I wanna show all oh, the truth, my love is real. And we could go anywhere you wanna be, darling. If you spent a little time on me. Oh baby, if you just spent a little time on me. a sentiment that's here i love the fact that he puts his heart and soul into his music not once when you're listening to you do you feel that it's that it's not authentic mm -hmm. we were talking earlier about you finding that stillness and that authenticity that you want to put into your art and i feel like you've captured that in that song and mm -hmm. I, I gotta see you perform live again man yeah oh, i also feel like it guys. I also feel like it has that Nick lesson where you're inviting people in to enjoy you, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I, oh. well, I've been, I've been working on that, Debbie, you know, I've been just trying to just write from a place of, cause there's just so many, there's so many influences out there that are trying to pull you in one direction or the other. And so it's really hard to find your authentic sound or your authentic songwriting style or your authentic voice. And so I've just been working on it, you know, and it's a practice. It's, it's, it's like a, it's like a, Michelangelo sculpture where you scrape off all the excess and then you find what's truly underneath. You know what I mean? That's what I've been trying to do with my songwriting and my voice is just to try to find what's authentic Ian, you know, like what, what's, what's truly coming from the heart. And so I appreciate, I appreciate that guys. Thanks. Well, you're nailing Beautiful. it. Man. Yeah. We're going to come see you in Vegas. Yeah, we are. And yeah. in the meantime, uh, we want to encourage everyone again to find and follow Ian on his website, ianwardoutward.com, facebook.com forward slash ianwardoutward. We have friends that are watching the show now in Vegas. So it's the Vegas Room and Supper Club right there off of Sahara or on Sahara. 
Um, so it's the Vegas Room and Supper Club. You can check their website to see when when he'll be there. Yeah. Um, I was on the fence about coming out in May to do a, a week in Vegas, but I Maybe think I'm going to come out now just so I can see Ooh. you live. I'll put her in a hazmat yeah. suit. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, How many guys. of you want to get oh, together and go nice, to Vegas? Such nice comments. Thank you, Suzanne and Diana and Joe, BG. These are all people that would go to Vegas, too. If I said, hey, who wants to rent a car and everybody, let's go to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Rent a van. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Oh, well, it's so nice that you guys have such a good support system, and I'm so glad to have been asked to talk with you guys. And you know, this is this is a blessing. Thank you guys so much. You make us look good. (laughs) You make us look good. So um, we do a little game that we do here. Would you be willing to play a game called Would You Rather and Why? Oh, I would love to. Let's go. Okay. All right. Um, Here we go. All right. Here we go. All right, Ian. <laughs> he was getting into that music. I've never seen you dance like that. That was a nice little. That was a nice little t- little little bop you guys had playing there. Yeah. Hey, Ian. This is a this is a a, a colander of questions. Okay, go yeah, ahead. And pick one the I knew you had the sound effects over there, Travis. I know. I know what you're doing. Yeah, I'm gonna help you get set up with this so we can do your live shows too. Oh, that'd be awesome, man. Okay. Here you go. Let's go. Would you, would you rather let your significant other look at your text messages or let her control your finances? <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, Ruby's not listening anymore. So, um, <laughs> no, ah, uh, man, well, that's a hard one because... I don't know if she's that good at finances either, but then, <laughs> let's, uh, let's think here. Um, I think I would let her read my text messages. Yeah. What do you got to hide? Who cares? No, exactly. Right? Exactly. I'd yeah. be more embarrassed. I'd be more embarrassed of how low my bank account is than my, uh, oh. <laughs> and every now and then Travis, <laughs> Travis gets a text. Don't swipe it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> swipe nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, you're about to put it in. It's like you're like I wasn't gonna swipe. I was gonna insert. Yeah, just <laughs> just the tip. Stop! I knew you were gonna say that. You're so. I naughty. didn't even say anything. What's the question? You don't see me being naughty. What's the question? She is dirty. People don't realize it. Like when they see me in Vegas, they're like, oh my God, you're filthy. I'm give like, me that, give me that question. This is a good question for him. Would you rather be forced to sing along to every song that you hear or be forced to dance along to every song that you hear? Sing along for sure. Yeah. Well, we saw you dance. I feel like with these like moves even, here, yes, you it's got to be even know this funny. You guys don't even know this funny backstory, but you know in Footloose how Ren McCormick is the, the, the lead dancer. He's who teaches the whole town how to dance. Yeah. And that's what I got cast as. Like, I got cast as the guy who teaches everyone how to dance. I was the worst dancer in that entire cast. Like, there's no, there's, there's no way. Like, when I showed up to rehearsals, I was like, Wait, I'm teaching these dudes how to dance? Oh, oh lordy. God. Okay. Okay. Bro, you had some moves. Come on, look at this. No, look that's that's um <laughs> I know, but he has moves. On footloose. And we've got to see his I got feet. moves. I got see, I'm a mover. I'm a mover. I'm not a dancer. I'm a mover. Okay. I like fair say. enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. I fake it till I make it with a lot of things in life. You know, like <laughs> it, it it works out, but 
Nice. Well, it's working out well with you. It sure seems to be. Would you rather switch places with a spider or a mouse? A mouse. Because? Why? More mobile. I got, I got, I got more, uh, more, you know, running around space. I feel like a spider doesn't, I mean, a spider kind of just sets himself up in one place and just makes that home. And that's not me at all. I like to move around. I like to be on the, okay. on the move. So maybe a, a, a mouse can kind of go through the walls and kind of take over the place. You know, that's more my vibe. Yeah. Little, little five action singing to the moon. You know, I was just thinking there's so <laughs> many movies about fucking mice. Yeah. There are. <laughs> yeah. I'd be yeah, ratatouille like, like, up in this niche. Right. Ratatouille. <laughs> um, uh, Willard, ratatouille, Willard, Ben, um, what else? I, I I don't know. Fievel. Cinderella. <laughs> Fievel. Jeez, there's more mice my on scout. TV than what? My scout. Diana says my scout. My scout. I don't know what that one is, Diana. There are more. Come on, Diana. Let's be mad at this. There are more mice than uh, Latina women on that have oh, movies. Come on. <laughs> I don't know movement. if that's entirely that's true. That's the new movement. That's like, the new yes, rescuers. Mice. Rescuers down under. More <laughs> mice. <laughs> like all the latina women are just marching through los angeles like down with the mice, down with the mice. <laughs> no we're like, more what? Mice. What? we're like what's happening and all and disney sends all their lawyers nope not so fast <laughs> <laughs> how about a latina mouse yeah, yeah, yeah I was about to say. the mother of a gang member mouse it's always a gang <laughs> member it's no. oh, i went from playing the gang member's girlfriend of the gang member's mother to the gang mother's grandmother. I'm like, come on, man. You know? <laughs> a mouse with a face tat, like a face tatted mouse. <laughs> We've gone off the rails. Yeah. Nobody has ever made a movie about a spider hiding in a chef's hat or out thinking a cartoon cat. True. It's there's true. no spider movies. Yeah. Well, there's Charlotte's Web. Yeah, but she didn't, but she didn't out think pig. a cartoon ha a cat. Yeah, and everyone likes the pig in that movie. No, you know, like I feel like spiders kind of. I don't like spiders. I'm definitely not a spider guy at all. Mm -mm. Ever oh, since I saw Eight Legged Freaks, Eight Legged Freaks scarred me for life. From that, uh, <laughs> that was one of Danny's movies. One of those B rated but scary as hell horror films. Just like our friend did a documentary. His name is. Um, uh, Danny Wolf, and he's he did a documentary called Time Warp, and one is all horror movies and cult films, and that's in there yeah. with Centipede yeah. and yeah. anyway. Human to centipede. answer Diana's okay, Diana's question it, it, when she said mice scout, she's saying they scout, they explore. Oh, and, then, and, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and Rhea yeah. Myers Connor Monker said, and she dies, Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, and she dies. You um, were all in agreement here. We're all in agreement. The mouse, okay, the win. So one last question: If you could choose two people to live with, living or dead, who would you choose to be in your bubble during COVID? To be quarantined. To with. be quarantined with, like that's your bubble. You get up in the morning. For me, it's Stephen King. Hi, Stephen. Would you like some coffee? Because <laughs> really? Stephen King could tell me how this COVID thing is going to end. I watched The Stand. And then she takes a sledgehammer and breaks his ankle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no? exactly. No, mine <laughs> so, would be misery, some misery. Some, mine would be um, John Lennon. 
John Lennon would be one of mine for sure. I would just love to wake up in the morning and have a cup of coffee with John Lennon, like smoke a spliff and just talk about life. Like that just sounds, that sounds like the absolute best morning of my life. Just play guitar and drink some coffee with John Lennon. And then um, my other one would probably be Salvador Dali. Oh. Oh. Just because it'd be so fun. The, the, those two are just so different. I feel like Lennon yeah. is so Lennon is so sort of subdued, and I feel like Dolly's kind of over the top, like kind of eccentric. And I think it'd be fun to live with those two guys. What really, really a great cool. duo! Yeah, and I feel like we're getting back to the comment you made earlier about the low bank account because you could have Salvador paint you something, <laughs> and you could co-write a song with John. You'd be set for oh, life, set man. For life. Yeah, yeah. No, the music video Dolly would would direct the music video. And then uh, <laughs> Lennon and I would, would would sing on the song. And I'm actually so I'm I'm uh, producing a John Lennon tribute show that's going to be in, in Vegas this summer. And I'm going to have Why a residency. Why did you lead with that? I reminded myself. So I've been writing this John Lennon tribute that's going to only be songs that he wrote from the Beatles and that he sang and then songs after the Beatles that he did and just you know, a whole night of John Lennon music with a full band. I'll be singing. Wow. And I'm going to be doing that uh, in, the, in the summer at the Nevada Room, that place I was telling you guys about. So that'll be that'll be sort of a residency that I'll have. So people definitely Ooh. check that out as well. Because that's I'm excited about that one for sure. Yeah. Did you hear that, audience? Do you not agree he should have led yeah. with that? We that's have so many Beatles fans. Yeah, why did you hide that? <laughs> You're sitting on that one. But no, we're yakety yakking about spiders and mice. <laughs> so a John Lennon tribute. And so it's not all of the Beatles songs, just the ones that he wrote. Yep, exactly. So there's so many songs that they sang on together, and it's actually really hard to delineate. Is that Paul's voice? Is that John's voice? It's like sometimes it's really mm -hmm. hard to tell. But online, there's a bunch of lists, and, and I've done my own research as well. Just I own all the vinyl anyways. And you can see, oh, jo this song was actually just Paul McCartney. Like yesterday is Paul McCartney, and he wrote that song. And then there's songs that John did the same thing with. And so, you know, over time, I just have an affinity towards John. I don't know. I think I, I used to love Paul when I was a kid, but now I've just gotten into this mystique of John Lennon and, and his songwriting and his voice. And so I decided I would write a, a, a show that would start with his earliest Beatles songs and end with his song with Double Fantasy right before he was assassinated and tell a story and just do all of his music or not all of his music, obviously, but my, my favorites, my, my personal favorites from John Lennon. And um, yeah. And that'll be in the Nevada room in. In the summer. room and probably the summer, like June, maybe June or July of this summer. That and I'm gonna have like a, so good. I'm gonna have a month long residency where I perform there every Friday night for the whole month. So, so you got a residency again? Something else you could lead with? <laughs> yeah, dude, why are you so lazy? Oh, residencies are so big in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's exciting. These guys have been so good to me. Tom Michelle and David Robinson, the chef of the of the place, they've been so good to me and they like my work and they like Ruby's work and so they keep asking us to come back and you know, they've 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 helped us so much during this pandemic. So I, I owe them a huge shout out and that's why I've been pitching their their place so much because they're just they're really they're really nailing it. They're doing a great job and they've been good to me, so it's been it's been all right. 
But. Well, everyone listening, you hear that they've been good to artists and, uh, and, and we know what happens when that happens. We support venues that are good to artists. Mm -hmm. So please go to the Nevada room when you're out in Vegas. In the yes. Vegas room supper club. Go in the summer to see his show, but also other times when you're out in Vegas too. Mm -hmm. support other artists. Oh, I see someone said they loved the across the universe duet clip. Thanks guys. Thanks, Suzanne. Aw. Oh, yeah. Well, there's there's actually a longer one on there. And before we actually yeah. close up, close the show, so we'll do our our uh, little spiel after we after we uh, kick you out of the room. But I would love to play your song again. Just have that be the last thing we do on the show tonight. Would you mind if I do that? Oh no, I would not. I would not mind at all. I would love that actually. And thanks for thanks for pitching that song. I mean, it's it's available to purchase on my website. I would love for people to buy the song if they would. Why like didn't can. you say that? Well, I said it. Or I said that earlier. Don't, don't stop yelling at him. You. This is not your son. I know. I'm sorry. This is not sorry, your child. Ian. No, she can treat me like her son. It's okay. Sorry, I yelled that at you, my, Ian. She's my second mama. She's my second mama. But no, but um. Guys, definitely buy the song on my website or at wherever you get your music. You can buy it on iTunes. You can buy it on CD Baby, Amazon. But just stream it. Share it with your friends. I really love seeing people listen to I love you know when people post on Instagram, hey, I'm listening to your song. That, that warms my heart so much because it takes so much work to make a song. So when you see people yeah. actually enjoying it, that's why I do it. That's the payoff. You know what I yeah. mean? So... So I'm glad well, that you guys are pitching it for me. It's worth every penny that you would spend on it. Uh, so do support Ian. I'm going to throw up one more time again, where you can find and follow him. Um, Ian, we cannot wait to go see you perform live again. You're oh, a wonderful wait. artist and, and an even more wonderful human being. We're honored to have you join us here on our show tonight. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your highs and your lows and how you got through everything and your honesty. And, um, you are just wise beyond your years, my friend. And let me tell you, this guy's going to be a star. Don't forget me when you're a star. Oh, of course not. Of course <laughs> not, you guys. Because you're going to be out here soon enough. Debbie, you're going to be back out here at your show soon enough, too. And we're going to be, you know, I just can't yeah. wait. I can't wait for everything to be back to normal and to give you guys a big hug after all this is over with. So hug you so hard your spleen's gonna come out of your mouth oh shit <laughs> god damn that's very aggressive hugging i haven't hugged anybody you've hugged me and my scene is still where it was supposed to be so <laughs> <laughs> ian i'm not even kidding you right now i'm telling you in may we're gonna have some people um because i think there's some light at the end of the tunnel we're getting a 50 percent occupancy over in vegas and we will bring people out to see you and in the meanwhile people please download the song it's a beautiful song we're gonna leave you with Yep. So we're going to play it right at the very end, but, um, but we'll close up the show. So Ian, thank you so much, thank man. You, Ian. you can hang out yes. too, if you want to wait. And then after we hit stop, we'll, we'll chat with you for a little bit too. If you'd like to hang out for a little bit, Ian. Yeah. Sounds great. Okay. All right, man. Thank you again. Thank you guys. Thanks for everyone that tuned in too. Thank you guys so much for, for listening in and, and for thank you, Debbie and Travis for giving me the platform to talk and, I really enjoyed chatting with you guys. It's been it's been awesome catching up it's our again. Our pleasure, man. Our pleasure. All right, man. What a great, what a great entertainer, uh, artist, human being, human being, human person. Being. Yeah, I I um I was happy when he said yes to come on to the show. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, hearing him talk and listening to his story. Um, you know, we're gonna play his song at the very end here. So if you guys want to hang out. 
But um, so what do we got going? Let's let's close up this show with what we're doing this coming up week. Um, on the cooking show. Oh, on the cooking show, corned beef tacos. Right here, baby. Oh, on the cooking show, corned beef tacos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were talking about it last Sunday. It sounds horrible, but it tastes. Don't say it sounds horrible. Well, it does. Like who would put corned beef in a taco? I do. Okay, but it is pretty damn good. He is a nice guy, you guys. Yeah. He is. We're gonna uh, treat you to true love one more time. Yep. Um, so we are cooking on Sundays at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We what? I was going to say, next Tuesday, we're going to have uh, Jesus Trejo, who is a oh, stand-up comedian, very funny guy. Just uh, I worked with him at the Latino Laugh Festival with, in H on HBO, and he also takes care of his two older parents. Um, they're older, much older, and he takes care of them, and that's what his comedy is about. Mm. And so he also uh, he will talk about taking care of his parents, especially during this time of COVID, with a lot of laughter and levity, which is what we need. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have Jesus Trejo next week, and, um, and another singer the week after that, Matt Hildago. Oh, I can't wait for yeah. Matt too. He's such yeah. a good singer. You guys were so blessed to be able to do this show. Um, you can find us at cookingwithdebbieandfriends.com on Instagram, at cookingwithdebbie, YouTube, and Facebook, of course, if that's where you're finding us watching the live video that we do every Tuesday at 7 p.m. And then uh, we take the audio from these shows and we put it on Spotify, uh, iHeart, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. So you can download these episodes and listen to them on the go. And um, with that... That's been our show for tonight. So thank you everyone that has joined us and uh, everyone that we weren't able to thank because we were deep in conversation. We appreciate you guys uh, commenting and chatting. My dad, BG, uh, Richard, Joe. Oh, gosh, Rhea, there's Diana, such a huge list A lot here. of people Suzanne, here. Suzanne, I'm just kind of scrolling back through my uncle Joe. I saw he was here earlier, Matt Hidalgo, um, Paula. Uh, if I missed your name, I apologize, but guys, thank you so much for joining us. And we are going to, um, we're going to be doing this again next Tuesday. So please join us and tell your friends about it too. And so, um, so thank you. We love you guys and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.